Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, January 4th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Capitol Police respond to a bomb threat Wednesday morning at the Capitol. Then public school advocates are speaking out against funding school choice policies. Plus, the state's largest blood bank has just enough for one day. There's a critical shortage in Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The second day of the legislative session delayed yesterday morning due to a bomb threat. An email was received at around 6.45 a.m., Police closed streets in the area. No hazards were found during their search. And similar calls, hoaxes, emails were made to other capitals across the nation, among them Connecticut, Kentucky, and Hawaii. They were determined to all be hoaxes. Republican Senator Scott Delano of Biloxi says he was very pleased with the response by law enforcement. Things like this happen from time to time. Um, I know that, that our staff here prepares for it. They train for it. They know exactly what to do. I know the Senate staff as well as local law enforcement, federal agents, uh, and certainly our state agencies and Homeland Security have worked on this issue for quite some time. They were prepared for it. Everything worked flawlessly. Um, and we're just going to continue to do that. So what's, what we have to do to be prepared to keep the public safe. Limited information has been released. Law enforcement continues their investigation. Lieutenant Governor Republican Delbert Hoseman also thanked law enforcement on the Senate floor. I want to take a moment to uh, thank Colonel Wagner for his expertise today. The Capitol Police, uh, Homeland Security, and the assistance of the FBI this morning as we received threats to the Capitol. They all performed admirably to protect us and all the citizens that visit us every day. So we, we owe them a gratitude, and I appreciate them. The threat came one day before the lieutenant governor and other elected state officials take their oath of office. That happens today. The inauguration for the governor takes place on Tuesday. Coming up, public school advocates are speaking out against school choice policies due to how they're funding. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB. Think Radio. Did you get some new tech this holiday season? A new phone or a tablet? 
Download the MPB Public Media app so you can listen live to MPB Think and Music Radio from anywhere. From the app, you can access podcasts of our local and national programs. Plus, you can talk to us from the app to send your questions and comments directly to your favorite shows. There's also PBS Kids and MPB Television on the app so you can watch live or past broadcasts. Get the MPB Public Media app for your tech, new and old. Find out what home repair projects you can accomplish on Fix It 101 at 9. At 10, get help with solving technology problems on everyday tech. Then get your general health questions answered on the original Southern Remedy at 11. You can subscribe to the podcast of your favorite locally produced program on any podcasting app. After airing, all locally produced MPB Think Radio programs are available as podcasts. Subscribe using any podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Many conservative lawmakers in Mississippi have long supported having more options for families in terms of funding for education. This year, national conversations around school choice have gotten louder. But advocates for public schools say the policies could be damaging to education for all students in the state. Nancy Loom is executive director of the Parents Campaign, a nonprofit that supports public education policies. And she tells our Kobe Vance what policies could help Mississippi schools succeed in the coming years. A primary reason for these really impressive increases in proficiency that we've seen in the last couple of years is that our local school districts made excellent use of their federal pandemic money. And they implemented programs that worked very well and really improved student achievement. Those pandemic dollars have run their course. And so many of those programs, most of those programs will probably end, will probably be lost if the legislature doesn't do something to help replace those dollars. Um, And they could do that by just fully funding our public schools. This year, public schools are underfunded by $176 million. So, So just following the law would help to make sure that public schools have some of the funding that they need to continue those programs that have been so effective in improving proficiency in in Mississippi. We also need to address the teacher shortage. There are a number of ways that that can be done. We'd like to see um, a continued expansion of pre-K access, which is another reason that uh, our lower grades have been doing so much better, is that the legislature has done a good job in recent years of expanding access to high-quality pre-K, so we want to see that continued. So there are lots of big things that this legislature could do um, to invest in public schools that would really pay big dividends for the state, for the whole state, in terms of preparing children well, in terms of economic development, strong communities where we have strong public schools, we have strong communities. So these are all things that would really benefit taxpayers statewide. wanted to go back to the Mississippi Adequate Education Program that you spoke about. It seems like there has been a growing appetite uh, from lawmakers across the aisle to address it, um, especially 
we've seen com- uh, conversations start up about should the formula be rewritten so it, it might be easier for schools to anticipate what their funding will be for the next year or for lawmakers to be able to understand the system in general. Do you think that's something that lawmakers should consider is like rewriting it or would you prefer to see the current system continued but fully funded? Well, we certainly the MAEP could be updated. For example, there is no additional funding there for English language learners, for children who come into school districts not with not speaking English well. Um, special education funding could be improved. There, there, so there are some ways that the formula definitely can be improved, um, and we are open, certainly open to those discussions. If legislators are interested in making sure that schools have the resources that they need, they certainly could start with funding the formula that we have in place now. Dollars are dollars for school districts. School districts, it really doesn't matter all that much what formula is used as long as it is a formula that provides adequate funding and equitable funding for school districts. And those are the things that we will be watching um, in terms of any changes to the current formula. There's also been a growing discussion about school choice, especially among conservative lawmakers. New Speaker of the House Jason White spoke about it during his swearing in where he says that he's not necessarily interested in taking money away from schools, but giving parents the opportunity to choose if their child is going to go to a different school than the one they would in public education. Wanted to get your thoughts on you know, his comments there. Do you think that's going to be good for um, parents and children who rely on public schools in Mississippi? Well, you know, we are not seeing an, seeing increased support for school choice in Mississippi. In fact, in every election, Mississippi voters have been electing more legislators who are fully in on support for public schools and fewer and fewer support school choice because school choice doesn't pay dividends for the state. Um, in the states that have passed these voucher and tax credit school choice programs, they are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to pay private school tuition for children who already were attending private school before the voucher program passed. And those school choice programs are, they're simply private school subsidies or kind of parental entitlement programs that don't really have any benefit to the state. In fact, um, in those school choice states, many parents are choosing to use their choice dollars for things like big screen TVs and trips to Disney World, which they frame as educational expenses. And research in those school choice states shows that voucher school students perform worse academically than public school students. So that's a bad deal for taxpayers. What the state needs to do is to be sure that we are investing in things that pay dividends for the state. Do you think these discussions also open up legal challenges as Mississippi's Constitution has pretty plain language that says no public funding can go to private schools or it has to go to public schools, I should say? Do you think that if lawmakers look at increasing tax credits or uh, whatever mechanism it could be, there might be some kind of challenge there? I do. Certainly the framers of our Constitution were aware that Mississippi will will thrive and reach her potential if 
if and only if we have an equitable and fair system of education that is open to all students. And that is one of the primary problems with the choice programs. Those private schools pick and choose the students that they want, and they reject the students that they don't want. Um, and and so you end up, w- w- if you have this, this system where you have private schools and public schools receiving state funding, you have two different systems operating with two different sets of rules. In fact, one has no rules, no accountability to taxpayers, and the other has um, a lot of accountability to taxpayers, and yet both both have state funding. And so the framers of our Constitution knew that that was, a, that was a bad deal. It was not a good deal for taxpayers, and it was not the way that public funds should be expended. I, do, I, I think you make a good point that there could be some constitutional challenges. Earlier on, you mentioned teacher retention in Mississippi. We've seen Mississippi had that giant teacher pay raise just a few years ago. Back, It passed in 2022. But we've seen other states nearby start to do that as well. What does Mississippi need to do to stay competitive, to be able to make sure that teachers see Mississippi as a destination and not just a starting point? Yes, that's right. Um, we, our legislature did a great job a couple of years ago in passing that significant teacher pay raise, but other states did as well. And so now we are back to um, last place, I think, in starting teacher salaries among our neighboring states. And, and this is particularly a problem for our school districts in our border counties where teachers can drive right across the state line and earn thousands more for teaching um, in a neighboring state. And so we need to make sure that we are continuing to keep pace with salaries in other states and also to pay a professional wage so that we are keeping pace with other professions within our state um, so that we are recruiting the best and brightest into our, our teaching field, which is what we want. We want great students going into teacher education and staying there that um, teaching is a very teaching is hard it's a very challenging career and we need to make sure that we are paying teachers a professional salary and giving them the support that they deserve for doing a really difficult and really important job nancy loom is executive director of the parents campaign nancy thank you so much for talking with us Thanks for having me. Next, the state's largest blood bank has just one day's worth of supply on hand. You'll hear more about that. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Want to keep up with MPB? Go to mpbonline.org. Or you can find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at mpbonline. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Did you get some new tech this holiday season? A new phone or a tablet? Download the MPB Public Media app so you can listen live to MPB Think and Music Radio from anywhere. From the app, you can access podcasts of our local and national programs. Plus, you can talk to us from the app to send your questions and comments directly to your favorite shows. 
There's also PBS Kids and MPB Television on the app so you can watch live or past broadcasts. Get the MPB Public Media app for your tech, new and old. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The largest blood bank in the state is facing a severe shortage, and the supplies are needed for hospitals statewide. Casey Dixon and Brittany Mitchell are with the Mississippi Blood Services in Jackson. They tell our Kobe Vance how folks can donate blood and help save lives. Right now, based off of the current supply and inventory on hand, we are about down to a day's worth of supply. So basically what would happen is once the donation comes in, there are some testing requirements that have to be done before the blood can be shipped out, and so those take a couple of days. So in theory, we need to go ahead and get the blood in now so we can do the testing and get it out to our suppliers. And who do you all supply, just as a refresher for people who might not remember exactly all the work that you all do? Primarily to the hospitals and medical facilities within the state of Mississippi. And that's our, per, our primary concerns. And then if anything else is required outside of the state, we utilize some of those services too. So in terms of uh, needs, are there any areas of the state uh, that y'all are seeing more need in particular? Uh, right now, we're looking primarily at central Mississippi because that's where our Lowood Center is, and that's the easiest location if necessary. Uh, it's also one of our primary distribution centers, so we can get the materials out faster. We do have other centers up in the northern part of Mississippi, and we also have mobile drives throughout the state. So any of the donors can either go to our website at www.msblood.com, or they can call us at 601-368-2673 and find out where one of the locations is closest to them. Now, since y'all are having a shortage, what are some of the things that contribute to that? Is it an increased need for those blood supplies, or is it people that are not donating? It's more of an increased need. I mean, with the holidays going through and the severe cold, we've had a a lot of individuals that typically would come in and have taken either holiday breaks or something of that nature, so we need to get that supply refilled. In terms of need, what kind of blood are y'all looking for? Is there any uh, specific type that y'all are in more need than others? Yes. Right now we are in uh, desperate need of O positive and O negative, as well as B positive and B negative. If somebody doesn't know their blood type, can they still donate blood and be able to help out where they can? Of course they can. They can come to any one of the centers. We'll do some minor background information, just do a questionnaire to make sure they're healthy to donate. And during that process, they can go ahead and, I believe, uh, get the donation done. And then afterwards, once the testing is done, we can verify what their type is for future reference. Yeah, so what are some of the requirements that y'all look for, or, or even just recommendations for people who want to donate blood? Uh, there is a height, excuse me, a weight uh, requirement. Uh, there is also, we ask that individuals have come, that have eaten a good, healthy meal prior to donating. Um, that way they've got enough energy on their, within their bodies to handle the withdrawal. What are some of the conversations y'all have heard from hospitals on their end, uh, as they're the ones who are administering the blood that's been donated? Um, how are they dealing with uh, these shortages that we see on and off uh, throughout the year? I'm going to let Brittany answer this one. Local hospitals rely on um, volunteer blood donors throughout the state, and 
why there is such an increased need um, and shortage is simply because think about the holidays, people are traveling more, um, and when you're in that, I don't know your blood type, and someone is rushing into the hospital, um, and you're trying to save their life, um, the, what they grab for the most is O negative, um, because that is the universal blood type that anyone can receive. So during times like New Year's and any type of holiday season, this is when you'll see an extreme increase in blood shortages uh, nationwide. And the good thing is January is National Blood Donor Month, so this would be a great opportunity for individuals around the state to get involved with their communities. Speaking of communities, I know y'all are always partnering with different organizations, businesses, trying to have blood drives. If somebody wanted to host one, what would they need to do? They could definitely reach out to us through the website, or they can call uh, our main number, the one I mentioned earlier, and ask to speak to the marketing department, and we can get some information for them and then get it out to one of our marketing reps so we can have it coordinated and organized. Yeah, you mentioned this earlier as well, but if people are wanting to see if they can donate in their community or want to come to the center in Flowood, what are some of the things that they can do to connect with y'all? First and most important would be calling that number to see where uh, what's available closest to them. So if they're not in the central Mississippi area and they just want to find out if there's a drive close by, they can call that phone number and we can do the research on Arian. Uh, but if they would prefer to go to our website, they can look on our website and find it's under mobile drives near you. If I'm not mistaken, that's how it's listed on there. And um, they'll search by zip code. Now, I, I imagine that whenever you donate blood, it still does have a bit of a deadline on it or an expiration date on blood. With that concern in mind, are y'all still asking the same amount of people to still come out for uh, blood supplies that are more accepting, uh, like say like the ABs, the ones that can be given uh, a variety of donations uh, they're as receivers, but not necessarily donators? So that's kind of why we've hit the shortage now. We have been able to, because of that testing and that expiration date on the, the blood itself, um, we're getting to the point where we are needing those blood, uh, blood units of blood to come in so we can start the testing before they can expire and we can supply them to the hospitals close by or around the state. So that's the piece that's happening right now. Um, and because of that and because the O negative and the O positives and the Bs and the B, excuse me, the B positive and the B negatives, all of those are critical uh, units of, or types of blood that we need to get on hand now because most of those can't, or excuse me, the O's can be used universal and go straight to any type of individual that's in the hospital in dire need of blood at the moment without the hospital physicians or the technicians on site trying to determine their, their blood type. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to share with Mississippians? Any special things y'all got going on right now? Uh, currently, this week, we actually have a prize wheel going on in the Flowood Center as well as our centers in North Mississippi. Um, so anyone that donates, they have the chance to win a gift card up to $250 plus some other prizes that are listed on the prize wheel. Um, and if they come in this weekend, we're doing T-shirts this weekend as well. 
Jackson and Brittany Mitchell are with Mississippi Blood Services. The most in-demand blood types at the moment are O negative and positive, B negative and positive, and A negative. The center is also calling on other patients to donate blood or platelets. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.